0: we be reading verse 1 through verse number 6. Today we're going to be reading a lot out of the NLT, that's the New Living Translation, or the Good News, 2 Corinthians. We've been doing a lot of teaching out of 2 Corinthians because there's a, por- a point in there that we want to make sure we emphasize, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. Verses 1 through 6. Is everybody there? Okay. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we are other some of the epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifested, declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of a living God, Not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now that's our series. Now, let's go to our subject for the day. First of all, we're going to go to another verse, and then we're going to go to our subject. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 3 and verse 22 through 24. Let's do that first. The book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 22 through verse 24. That was something that God said there that we are following He's going to take us to our subject. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. Are you there yet? Verse 22 saying, The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil, and now lest he put forth his hands and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he planted at the east of the garden cherubims and flaming swords of fire. Oh, flaming swords, who is turning every way to keep the way of the tree of life. All right, now let's go to our subject. We gave you one last week. We're going to go to one last week. Then we're going to go to one for today. The, the one for last week was Proverbs 3.18. Just one verse. Both are found in Proverbs, Proverbs 3:18 and in Proverbs 11:30. But in Proverbs chapter three and verse 18, "Because as man ate of the tree of life, he will live forever." So we know today we don't have what we call the tree of life, not today. But we do know that Christ is the tree of life. We don't have a God we can go to so we can say, don't go eat that tree, don't eat that tree. But we do know what the tree of life is today. All right, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 18, one verse. Are you there? Let's read it because he's talking about wisdom. He said, wisdom is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. So we know wisdom is a tree of life. There's one more. Let's go see that one in Proverbs chapter eleven, Proverbs chapter number eleven, and we're gonna look at one verse, and that's verse thirty. Proverbs chapter eleven and verse thirty. It says, "The fruit of the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life." We're gonna show you that same thing in the King James, in the Good News. Let's go show you that. Proverbs chapter number. 11 and verse 30 in the good news. We're going to show you it's the same as righteousness is a tree of life. Amen. That's going to be found in the good news. Here we go. Proverbs eleven thirty. Are you there? It's on the screen. Let's read it. Righteousness gives life. Say righteousness, righteousness give, life. give life. So it's not just, so when Christ came, Christ came to give you life. Well, he couldn't give life if he was not righteousness. He could not give life if he was not God's wisdom. Because that's the only two things it showed you in the Old Testament that is the tree of life. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. Now we ask that you will lead us and guide us. And we thank you for your divine provisions, your divine prosperity, your divine wealth, your divine blessings. Well, thank you, Lord, for giving us your righteousness. Thank you for giving us your wisdom, your peace, your joy in the Holy Spirit. We love you. We appreciate you. Now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for teaching us, leading us and guiding us and helping us to understand your new covenant. All the grief that prayer? Amen. amen. All right. Now, what we like to do today is to get into the word of God, okay? Now, what we want to get into today is showing you the next step. Now, let me back up and kind of show you where we are so you can have an understanding. I gave you, uh, in the series before, in the series before, I showed you part one and two. I said, first thing we're going to do is show you that Jesus Christ, our Lord, crushed the serpent's head. I said, it's the first thing I'm going to show you because after that, we're going to go into some other things. Now, if he's already crushed the serpent's head, then we know that the devil's already been defeated. Alright. And then it also answered another question for us because we know that if he crushed the serpent head, he had to come back. Because the Bible said the last enemy that shall be destroyed was death. So he had to crush the serpent head. Let's show you that in Hebrews 2:14. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 2 and verse 14. Now, this is what the Lord already did. See, when you see He already did this then you have to see he's already come back. Now, my point is, if you are waiting, if you are sitting on the ministry, they're telling you Jesus is going to return, then you are not believing the right message. You are not believing the right message. I I, I go on record to say today that pretty much 90% of people who go to church don't know what they believe, don't even know how to believe. See, the key is people are being deceived. They don't don't know it because they have been put in a situation of religion, tradition of men. So they think they're supposed to go to that church. They're supposed to go to that church and that kind of thing. And so people don't exalt Christ. They exalt the denomination. And so people follow that. People flock to denominations. See? All right? And don't know it's for their soul. Now, if I don't preach Christ and him crucified, then I'm not preaching the new covenant. And you cannot be saved under no other teaching but Christ and him crucified or his death, and resurrection. See, that's the end, that's the bottom line. So that's why Paul talked to this church and told this church at Corinth, his whole fear is, let's go look at it, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul fear was in verse number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse number 3. He said, but I fear. This was his whole concern about this church. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve. So he's letting him know, my concern is Eve... As a servant begot Eve through his subtlety, so your mind shall be corrupted, corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. So this whole thing was, his whole fear was of that church. Now, when I get into the book of Revelation today, I'm going to show you those seven churches. All seven churches has left Christ. All seven. Left Christ, went back to religion, tradition of men. So that's why they were told to repent. Return, go back to Christ. You left your first love. So, so that's, my, that's my thing. So now what I want to do down is I want to go to show you some things. Let's go back to John. We didn't, we didn't catch up on that. Let's go back to John. And let's go to John 6, 31 through 35. We're just catching up. John 6, 31 through 35. We talked about this because when Jesus came, Jesus came and he was going through their feast days. Now, the Lord never gave the body of Christ feast days. Now, because that's religion, tradition of men. See, so what happens now is when we go to church, we want a Christmas message. Christmas is not about that. Christmas is about a person. It's about God gave his son. That's what it's about. But people named it this and named it that, but it's not about that. It's about God gave his son. Now, now, let's look at this. In John chapter 6, and verse 31 through 35, so I'm getting to my message, 31 to 35. Now, th- they talked about Jesus. They talked about him, uh, and he's going to relay something to them. In verse 31, he says, our father did eat manna. This is what they're saying. Our father eat manna in the desert, and it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they was really telling Jesus, we, we, our father ate the bread from heaven. Then Jesus is going to say to them in verse number 32, Jesus said to them, verily I say to you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. Now that blew their minds. Because the bread from heaven was standing right before them. He said, but my father has given you the true bread from heaven. Somebody said the true bread from heaven. Now in verse 33, then he's going to tell you something that they heard about for it's the tree of life. Then he's going to say, the bread of God. Now, he's talking about Christ, the bread of God, is he, is a person, is he, who is coming down from heaven and give his life unto the world. So the bread of God is he who is coming down from heaven and give his life, he gives his life to the world. Then he said to them, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Now, the bread of life is just like the tree of life. Everybody understand that? Come on, say so the bread of, bread of life is the tree of life. Right, it's the same thing because the woman was supposed to eat. Do you remember the tree? What was she supposed to do to it? Take, eat, and live forever. Said take, take eat, 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 live forever. So otherwise, that She was supposed to take, eat, and live forever. Well, Jesus come and said, I am the bread of life. So what were they supposed to do to him? Take, eat, and live forever. Same process, right? Then he says, and Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. All right, the bread. All right, now he's going to go into another portion. He's going to tell them about John chapter number 3, 12 and 13. See, the whole thing is he's trying to get their minds renewed. John chapter 3 and verse 12 and 13. We're going to bag up. John chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. Just give you a little something to help you out this time of the year. It's allergy season. That's why they have little things for allergy. Praise the Lord. John chapter 3 and verse 12. Are you there? It says, if I've told you earthly things, somebody say earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? How many know Jesus giving them a comparison? Yeah. They are earthly things. So if I'm in the Old Testament, what am I studying? Earthly. If I'm in the Old Testament, I'm studying earthly things. Everything is earthly. Even the resurrection. Even Jesus Himself. Everything in the Old Covenant is earthly. But once I get into the New Covenant after the resurrection of death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, now I enter into grace. So everything is what? It's heavenly things. Two things now earthly things, heavenly things. So I have to understand that spiritually. So everything in the Old Covenant is earthly, everything in the New Covenant is natural. I mean, it's heavenly. So I got to understand that. So if I talk about resurrection in the old covenant, it's natural. There's a natural resurrection. Right. But in the new covenant, there's a spiritual resurrection. So that's why I said, if I have told you, if I, if I have past ten, just want to make sure you're seeing what he's saying. If I have told you, that's past ten have, I already told you, Mm -hmm. earthly thing, and you believe not. If I told you about all this in Old Covenant, you believe not. How can you believe? How shall you believe if I tell you a heavenly thing? That's going to be the grace, right? New Testament. Can you see the different Testament? All right. Now, let's go and show you that. Look down in verse 31. John chapter 3 and verse 31. One more verse before we leave there. John chapter 3 and verse 31. He's trying to get them to see he came from above. See, there there are people who not saved, they are from beneath. Once you get saved, you are now from above. Do you understand that? The word above means heavenly, right? You are now in the spirit realm. Are we okay? All right. John chapter 3 and verse 31. He that cometh from above, now, I'm going to show you in the Word only one somebody came from above. Isn't that right? He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth, but he that cometh from heaven is above all. He that cometh from heaven. So if he comes from above, he came from heaven. Isn't that right? So we ought to be able to look at the Word of God and see Jesus came from above. Now, how many in here got a scripture that showed me Jesus says, I'm from above? I just gave it to you, didn't I? Let's go to John eight twenty three. See, if you got a pretty decent Bible with a reference, the reference, a lot of, if you got a decent reference Bible, it'll tell you where you go next. Look at John chapter 8, verse 23. See, if, if you don't, write in your own Bible, it's yours. John chapter 8 and verse 23. Jesus told these people that he is from above. Now, we are talking about going to be with the Lord, right? And that's what your whole thing is going to heaven, right? Where well, that's above, right? Right. So if I'm if my life all of my life is I'm here now, but my whole destiny is above, then I need to know where above is. Because if you don't, you got people on television tell you you got to go all the way up into the east. Now that's real stuff, because I, I got that on tape. All right, now look at John chapter number 8, verse 30, 23, that's what we're waiting on. John chapter 8 and verse number 23, are you there? Here we go. And he said unto them, you are from beneath. So what is beneath? Earthly, right? Come on, name a two thing, earthly thing heavenly thing, Come on, you got to keep them together, all right, you are from beneath, I'm from above, you are from the earth, I'm from heaven, right, that's this. you are of this world, I'm not of this world, all right, now, what happened to us once we got saved, see, see that's what you got to understand, all right, now, we, we'll, leave that on, we'll leave that on the burner, we'll leave it on the burner, all right. Now, now, let's go to our message today, because I want to show you Christ is God's righteousness, comma, tree of life. Christ is God's righteousness, tree of life. Now, last week, I told you Christ is God's wisdom, tree of life. Today, I'm teaching you Christ is God's righteousness, tree of life. Last week I gave you Proverbs 318. Today I told you I gave you Proverbs 1130. I'm teaching you about righteousness. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 30 and 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. You got to know Christ is a tree of life. So if Christ is a tree of life, then Christ has to be God's wisdom, Christ has to be God's power. Christ has to be God's righteousness. Because the same word righteousness I showed you is the same word life. That was Galatians 3.21. You can put it down. We're going to go to it anyway today. Once again, the same word life is the same word righteousness. So if I eat God's righteousness, then I eat of the tree of life. If pastor preaching God wisdom, then he has to be preaching Christ. Because Christ is the wisdom of God. Everybody see how that goes? All right, that's how you have to know in the Old Covenant. Because the Old Covenant has been revealed. All right, now let's, let's look at what I'm, what I'm wanting here. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31, right? But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So otherwise, Christ now becomes my redemption. How many know, how many know what my re- And then it said, that according to written, let it, he that glory, let him glory in the Lord. But let's look at that verse 30 again, because let's look at that again. Who is our redemption now? So Christ is our redemption means Christ is our what? If you know the word redemption, you know my answer. Don't you know the word redemption, what it means? Uh, Let's uh, we'll go through that in just a moment. Sanctification, Christ is my sanctification. So I don't have to go out and try to get sanctified. See that's what happened with churches. Some churches say, "Well, we sanctified church." Well, I hope so. If you're in Christ, you got to be. But you're not sanctified because of where you dress. All right. Now there are four things there. Uh, the first one say. Christ is made on earth, number one, verse 30 is what I'm looking at, is wisdom. So we talked about it last week, so that means Christ is a tree of life. Ain't that right? Well, that's why I told you last week, right? So then I said Christ is God's righteousness, that's for the day, right? So can't you see if, if Christ is God's righteousness, Christ, Christ has to be the tree of life. If Christ is God's wisdom, he has to be the tree of life. How many can understand that now? Okay, now, let's go into... Uh, What I want to get to today is uh, Romans chapter 3, I'm going to open this up now. Romans chapter 3 and verse 30 and 31. I'm going to go to this first because I want to show you something in the King James. And then I'm going to get into my message. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 30 and 31 gave me two things I need to be watching for. Romans chapter 3, verse 30 and 31. That's what I'm waiting for the screen. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision. Now I'm going to take it to Galatia 2.7 today because I'm not going to have to tell you who it is. I'm going to show you who it is. Because you only got two people in the Old Covenant uh, closing out the Old Covenant, circumcision and uncircumcision. So you have to know these words, right? So sin is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith. So all you will need to underline your Bible: "justify the circumcision by faith." How many know what he's talking about? If he's going to justify the circumcision by faith, who is he justifying? The Jews. the Jews, right? So you need to put about the word circumcision the Jews because they were circumcised, right? And that's what bothered me when I said something nobody said. Okay, now, and then it says he's going to also two different people there. He said, Cause you're going to put down circumcised by faith because today you're going to understand what it means by by faith and through faith. He was circumc- the circumcision was, was justified, made righteous by faith. But then the uncircumcision is made righteous through faith. Can everybody see those two principles? Come on, say that with me. The, the, the circumcision was made righteous. righteous. Can you put that up there in the good news? Same verse, one verse. Verse 30. When you can see how they were made righteous. See, my whole thing is, I'm feeding off of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. And I'm going to show you how people are deceived, don't even know they're deceived. Go to church every Sunday. But they believe in the wrong thing to be saved. Most people believe they are saved by faith. I watched a person come on, came on television and told, told everybody God had him to go all around all the different places and preach the just shall live by faith. That's not your teaching. And we're going to be able to see in the word of God. So if you don't know, like I said, if you don't know what the word says, you're going to die and go to hell because you don't know. My people destroy it for one reason, he says. For lack of knowledge, because they don't know. And what, what's really bad is when people think they know, and then they don't know. Like I said, this is 40 years of ministry, and that was the time I thought I knew. And I was wrong. Thank God I didn't die during that time. God is one, and he... he Romans 3.30. God is one. And he will put the Jews right with himself. So the word justify means what? Put you right with him. So God put the Jews right with himself based on their what? He put the Jews right with him based on their faith. And he will put the Gentile right through their faith. Can you see the difference? Let me make sure you see the difference. Let me read it again. He's going to put the Jews right with him based on their faith. Their faith. So if you walk by faith, you walk by your faith. He said you going to put the Gentile right through through their faith. By their faith, through their faith. Somebody said by, faith. by faith. Through faith, through faith. All right, let's go on. Let's go to something else. Now, I want, you to, I want to take you into number one, so I want you to keep, keep up with me back there, and I want you to put up there Roman number chapter one. Now, not chapter one, but Roman number one. And I want you to put up there the law of righteousness. Now, I'm going to need you to leave some room if you're taking notes. Number one, the law of righteousness. I just showed you. Let's go back and show you uh, uh, Galatians 2.7 right there. Leave it up there because Galatians 2.7 gave me what circumcision is. But contrary wise, when they saw Paul is preaching, Paul said when, the, when Peter, James, and John saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision, that's the gospel of the uncircumcision, was committed to me. The gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to Paul. The people he preached to was not circumcised, did not have to be circumcised. They were Gentiles. But the gospel of the circumcision was to Peter. So when you go study the word circumcision, you're talking to Jews. Uncircumcision, you're talking to Gentiles. Do everybody see that? Amen. All right. Now, let's go into the word of God. First thing you want to put down is the law of righteousness. Somebody said the law, the law of, righteousness. of righteousness. One more time. The law, the law of, righteousness. of righteousness. Now, because I just gave you the, the next two, Go to, Put the King James back up there and put Romans 3.30. I gave you the next two already. But I'm going to sh- explain them now because we're going to go and tear them apart. Number one is the law of righteousness. So if you want to put on your screen so people can see what you're doing. Number one is the law of righteousness. Number two is righteous, righteousness by faith. Number three is going to be righteousness through faith. But then when you put down number three, righteousness through faith, you want to put parenthesis the gift of righteousness. Let me say it again. Number one, you want to put down the law of righteousness. Number two, you want to put down righteousness by by faith. Righteousness by faith. You want to put parenthesis. Your own righteousness. Your own righteousness. Righteousness by faith is what? Your own righteousness. But then you want to put down there righteousness through faith, parenthesis, the gift of righteousness. And I'm going to show you where most people are that go to churches. They think they can be saved by their own righteousness. Let me me go somewhere before I get in my message too deep here. Go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Watch what Paul was concerned about. His whole concern was that he would not be deceived. You cannot be saved today by your own righteousness. Peter, and James, and John have that same concern. He says... Your own righteousness through faith, the gift of righteousness. Okay. Now, we're going to tear those apart. But let's go now to Philippians 3.7. So in, watch what Paul is going to talk about righteousness. He says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. We roll it. Yea, doubtless we count all things but lost for Christ. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but dung, that I might win Christ. Watch the very next verse. And be found in him, not having my, not having what? My own righteousness. My, if I got my own righteousness, look at the next part of that verse. It says, which is of the law? If I got my own righteousness, I'm just as bad as the guys in the old covenant, Amen. which is of the law. He said, "But the righteousness that I want is that the righteousness I want is that which is through the faith of Christ." The righteous—watch what righteousness he has to have. He had to have the righteousness of God, which is by faith, which is going to be how he can be saved, but not you. See, it sounds good it sounds just like, well, what's wrong? What's the problem? So he says here that the righteousness that he wants to see is the righteousness which is of God, but it's by faith. Well, if it's by faith, it's okay. It's okay for Paul because Paul's righteousness is before Jesus comes. But after Christ came, you can't be saved by faith. I want to make sure you hear, hear me real good. Because, like I said, the whole thing with Paul was in 2 Corinthians eleven three 3 is that, that the enemy don't deceive you like he deceived Eve. Now, why why that why this sounds so close? Because it's like wheat and tails, isn't it? If you have actually earlier, have you ever seen wheat? How many people here have seen wheat grow? Not many in this service. So we see mother here, mother from the south. Seeing wheat grow, you got to be from the south You seeing wheat. Seeing wheat grow. When you see wheat grow, if you ever walk out in the field, there are always little things that stands right beside wheat, but it don't have a seed. Now, those are tabs. They look just like the wheat, but they don't have no little bud on the top. You do know where you get your bread, your flour, right? From wheat. You know you get it from wheat, right? All right. But that's how when you ever go see a wheat farm, sometimes Google it, you got a phone; it's free. You just Google wheat, you'll see, and then you Google tail, just like. Tail just don't have no fruit. See, it's just like a believer and unbeliever. Unbelievers just don't have no fruit. They look just like you, but they don't have no fruit. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, so let's go back to 2 Corinthians 11.3 one more time. 2 Corinthians 11.3, can you put that in the NLT? Because we get ready to read out of the NLT now anyway. We're going to look at this out of the NLT. Just one verse. Who I say we're going. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse three. just one verse. Watch what Paul says. He said, but I feel that somehow your pure or undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as he was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. This is what he said to the church. Well, how in the world is the church going to be deceived? Because first of all, the people before Christ's return were saved by faith. And the people after Christ's return is saved through faith. I gave that in Romans chapter number... I thought you would say it. 3.30. Romans 3.30. All right? Now, put it on the screen again. King James. Romans 3.30. So you have to know there are two ways people say see is one God which shall justify, make righteous. Justify I me mean to what? Make right, make right with God. He's going to make right with God the circumcision by faith. But then the uncircumcision, through faith. So the Jews were saved by faith. The Gentiles were saved through faith. I want to make sure you get that because I'm getting ready to take you on a journey. First, I gave you the law of faith. I'm sorry, the law of righteousness. So let's go look at the law of righteousness and let's see what happened. Let's go first to uh, Romans 9, 30 through 33. Romans chapter 9, verse 30 through 33. From there, we will go to Galatians 3, 10 through 18. We're going to look at the law. All this out of the NLT. We're going to stay on the NLT for a while. Romans 9, 30 through 33. Then we're going to go to Galatians 3, 10 through 18. You got that written down? Yeah. Now, everything I give you is the law of righteousness. Now, I'm going to give you probably five or six different things on the law of righteousness. I'll let you know when I switch. What does all this mean, he says? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God. Wait a minute. How could they be made right but not following God's standards? And it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel who tried so hard. Somebody said this before Christ came. Okay. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God. They tried so hard to get right with God. What were the Jews doing? They were circumcising. They were washing feet. They were taking the Passover and all the other feast days. And they were sacrificing the, 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 the animals. They did it all. They tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law. That's all what law is, works. But the Bible said they never succeeded. Why not? Why did they receive? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law. The law means works. Say it, the law, mean? the law means? Work. Right, that's Romans 11 and 6, right? The law means works. So they were trying to keep the law by works, by doing something. Instead of trusting him. Somebody said Trust in, him. Trust in him. All right. They stumbled over the great rock in their past. That rock was Christ, we know that. All right, now let's keep going. All right, let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 10 through 18. We're still in the NLT. My emphasis is going to be on verse 11. We're going to go to Galatians 3, 10 through 18. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm done with that. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10 through 18. But those who depend on the law, now remember the law was never given to us. But those that depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. Oh, my God. can you see why you got to be taught the word? People under the law trying to get right with God by works is under the curse. I, I can't, I have to follow you. For the Scripture says, Curses everyone who do not observe all and obey all the commandments that are written in, the, in God's book of the law. You can't do all of them. That's why Christ came. So it's clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law, right? right. But we got to understand what the law is now. So when I, if I brought you out the communion table, that's law. That's the same thing Israel did in the Old Covenant. They call it the showbread. They call it the Passover. In the new covenant, Christ is your Passover. You don't keep the Passover by eating bread over table. See, I'm trying to get you out of religion. If you don't come out with me, you're gonna die in Egypt. You don't understand. This is for your soul. You still, if you still got that in your heart, that maybe that's still right. You still have, you still got a little leaven. If you still think you have to take communion, you got a little leaven, and that little leaven gonna leaven the whole lump. Amen. And I showed you in the word that Christ is your Passover. Amen. If Christ is my Passover, I can't go back to this. That's what happened with Israel. God delivered Israel from, the, from all that stuff. They came over to Paul's church, and where Paul preached grace. And when Paul left, they went back over. That you, that's why you read, I'm gonna show it to you today, that's what happened with G- the, why he wrote the book of Galatia, and that's why what happened in the book of Revelation. Those churches, seven churches, went back to the law. So what you're going to hear today is that's what that's what it sounded, and I don't want you to feel like, well, it's Pastor Crump. Just, it's ain't Pastor Crump, man. I'm trying to show you how to be saved. Amen. You can't serve two masters. Let's keep going. So it's clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. The scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Wait, stop right there. Wait don't go nowhere. Don't, don't. It is what? It's through what? Faith. It's through faith. Now, it's through faith. It isn't said by faith. It's through faith that a righteous, that a righteous person has life. Faith, through faith, is going to be, you heard the word and you believed it. You heard about Christ, death, man, and resurrection, you believed it. Called through faith. That's why when I go to Ephesians chapter 2, it says, by grace are you saved through faith. Can you see that? God saved you on the cross, but I have to preach it to you, and when you believe it, you're saved. Okay, hold on to that. That's the last one. We're not there yet. He said, this way of faith is very different. Different from the way of the law. So this way of faith is very different than the way of the law. Which says it's through obeying the law that a person has life. Now that's what they said over here in the Old Covenant. If they could obey the law, they would have had life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on a cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Amen. For it is written in the scripture, curse is everyone who hang on a tree. So Christ died on the cross to remove the curse. The Lord. Amen. Then he says, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham. Now you gotta understand, hear me good, because you got blessings and you got the law. Two different things. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentile with the same blessing he promised Abraham. So you have the law, so you have the law, and then you have the promise. You gotta understand that God gave Abraham the promise before the law. Come on, Moses, he gave the the law. Abraham was before Moses. See, if you know, if you could just think what I'm saying. Say, God gave Abraham the promise Abraham before the law. law. Alright, so the promise and the law is told two different things. Do you understand that? Okay. Now, so he said, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham. So that we who are believers might receive the promise. He's going to tell you what the promise is. It's the Holy Spirit. Through faith. So the Holy Spirit is the promise. said the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is, the is the promise. Right. So if I have the Holy Spirit, come on, just say it. If I have the Holy Spirit, I have life. I, have life. I got eternal life. I eternal life. All right. So if you don't have eternal life if you don't have the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the promise. Now, you could not get the Spirit, the promise, through the law, ain't that right? Let's move on. Now, let's let's go into Deuteronomy. Did I finish Galatians three ten through eighteen? Oh, I didn't finish. Okay, he so, said, dear brothers and sisters, here's an example for everyone, everyday living, everyday life. Here's the example: just as no one can set aside or amend or irrevocable agreement. So it is in the, so I want you to flow with me. So it is in this, God gave the promise to Abraham. Say God gave the promise to Abraham. And Christ. See, he don't say that there, but he said his child. We say his seed, talking about Christ. So he gave his promise to Abraham and to Christ. And notice that the scripture does not say his children. So God did not give the promise to his children. He gave it to his son. So that's why you couldn't get the promise until Christ came. God gave the Holy Ghost to one man. He gave it to Abraham and to his son. is that right? So that's why if you don't, when you receive his son, you receive the Holy Spirit. Because only the son got the Holy Spirit. So, you read this Bible, the Holy Ghost came upon one man. Come on, now, when John was out there water baptizing, he said, You'll see a dove, mm-hmm. light right? Up light him. up on him. And that one light up on him will be the Holy Ghost. So, God gave the Holy Ghost to Christ, the Son. Now, I can show you that in the Word. I just don't want to get off my message, okay? God gave the promise to Abraham and to his Son. And notice that the Scripture does not say his children. Because as it is meant, many descendants, rather, it is said to his child, his son, Christ. That's of course mean Christ. So God only gave the Holy Ghost to Abraham and to his son, Christ. Right? So now you are the body of So if you're the body of Christ, that means you must have the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're none of his. I read it all the time in Romans chapter 8, don't I? Now, in verse 17, this, this is what I'm saying, Paul says. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be changed, 400, could not be canceled, 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. How long was the promise from the law? Just got to tell you, that's why I'm asking you know what you read. God gave the promise to Abraham 430 years. He gave the, the law, he gave the law to Moses. Let me say it again. God gave the promise to Abraham. 430 years later, he gonna give the law to Moses. So my question is, how many years was the law between the law and the promise? It's not hard, is it? I gave you the answer, didn't I? Who Jesus. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be changed or canceled 430 years later, God gave the law to Moses. Self-answering, right? God would not break his promise. So God gave his promise to Abraham. 430 years later, he's going to give his law to Moses. I said earlier, the promise and the law is not the same. Let me move on. Y'all have a nice day, okay? Praise the Lord. All right. Now, verse 18 said, if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law. Now, remember, the inheritance is the promise. You do know that, right? If you you have received your inheritance, what did you receive? Can we we just stop right there and let's go to uh, Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14. Because you got to at least know what your inheritance is. See, people told you get the Holy Ghost because you got water baptized. No, you get the Holy Ghost through inheritance. You inherit the Holy Spirit. You don't get the Holy Ghost because you did something. See, that's why you got to not be deceived. When you can let me know you know what's going on, that's why I ask you, let me hear you, let me say something. Then I know you know what I'm talking about. Because God knows I don't want my preaching to be in vain. We're giving you a podcast now. We're giving it to you. Oh, you do every message I'm preaching, you just look on podcasts every week, put it by your bed, play it on your phone. Free. And if you got a an iPhone, something that goes right on over to YouTube, and then you can see that same thing. You can hear it on podcasts, see it on YouTube. Free. If you don't make it, it's not going to be my fault. This is not a game. You die and go to hell. Not gonna be my fault. Not gonna be my fault. My job is to make sure you got the word. Amen. In whom also you trusted. I'm quite sure you heard this. If you mark your Bible, you know you've been there before. In whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after you heard or you believed, after you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Didn't I tell you? Hadn't told you that before? Yes. Yes. See, we got about three or four. Didn't I tell you that before? Yes. Yes. The gospel of your if you heard and believe it, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What did it tell you next? Which is the earnest of, it is the down payment or the beginning of your inheritance unto the purchased possession, unto the praise of the glory. So I told you, it's in the book. I told you. I'm going to keep telling you. You can't never go to God's world. My father never told me that. Oh, I told you. And I'm going to tell you again. Amen. All right. Now let's go back to where I was. I told you in. Uh, have we got to do the run of yet? We're not there yet. But. I was at one verse. Galatians 3.18, just one verse. It says, for the inheritance, I ask you what the inheritance is. And you just looked at it. Now you know what this, right? Do you know what the promise of the Holy Spirit? Do you know what God promised you? Do you have it yet? Yes. Do you have him yet? Yes. Can we go to Romans chapter 8? And let's look at verse 9 and 10 11. My job is to make sure this ain't no game to you. My job is to prepare you. So when I do your funeral, I'm not sitting up here crying over you. Because I told you, I gave you the word. So I'm going to say, they with the Lord. I'm going to come out and say, they with the Lord. Now if you're not, that's your fault. Because if you don't have the God's Holy Spirit, you're not going to ever see Jesus. He said, but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. So you get born again, you are now in the spirit. If so be, the spirit of God lives in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, you are none of his. See, if you don't have his spirit, you are not his son. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But now the spirit is now life because of righteousness. So that word life and righteousness is the same word. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken make alive your mortal body, which is your soul, by the Holy Ghost that dwells in you. So there's no way you're going to ever be saved if you don't have the Holy Spirit, because that's what the Holy Spirit comes come inside of you to do is to save your soul. Let's go back to where we were. Colossians. Galatians 3.18, right? For if the inheritance be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. Can't you see accepting God's promise? The Holy is promise. But God graciously gave it. Gave it to Abraham, how? As a promise, as a promise. That's how Christ received it because he was the heir of the promise. All right, now let's go to... Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. We want to look at verse 20 through 25. We read out the NALT still. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20 through 25. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20 through 25. We are showing you righteousness is life. The same word righteousness, God's righteousness, is eternal life. But there are two other righteousness. I'm on one now called the law of righteousness. And if I don't finish this series, I'm going to begin on the the next teaching. After this, which will be the 11 o'clock service, I'm going to continue because I want to be able to show you if it's by faith, it's your righteousness. And your righteousness does not operate in the new covenant. Not after the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. By faith was for them who waited for Christ. And if people tell you today that you're waiting on the Lord, you missed it. He's already gone. He's already come and gone. You're going to have to find another way to be saved. I'm going to show you in the Word of God right just a, just a few minutes from now. In this service. I'm reading what now? Deuteronomy 6 and 20. He says, in the future... See, Paul, uh, Moses was getting them ready for the future. He said, in the future... Your children, remember you had Israel, then you had the children of Israel. Jesus came in the day of the children of Israel. Your children would ask, what is the meaning of these laws and decrees and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? They were commanded to obey those laws. They did Passover because it was a command. Then you must tell them, you were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. But the Lord brought us out of Egypt by a strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes. Dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us the land he has sworn to give our fathers, our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees, all these laws, and to fear him so he could continue to bless us. So they had to keep those laws so God continued to bless them and preserve their lives as it is done this day. Then he's going to tell them something, for we will be counted as righteous. Righteous. If we will keep the law, we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands of the Lord our God has given us. He will declare us righteous. Well, they couldn't do it. They couldn't keep the law, so they never made it to righteousness. Now, let's look at the purpose of the law. Galatians 3, 19 through 26. We're going to show you the purpose of the law. Then we're going to go to Romans 10, 1 through 4. The purpose of the law. Galatians chapter 3, verse 19 through 26. We are on the NLT still, and we're going to give you the purpose of the law. See, the law had a purpose. That's why you were never under it. But if you go to church that teach the law, you put yourself under that, because you don't know. Why then was the law given? The purpose of the law. Tell you why the law was given. It was given alongside the promise to show all people their sins. So here it is, God gave the promise, then he gave the law. But the law was there to show all people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child, Christ, who was the promise. So he was only, the law was only supposed to last till Christ came. God gave his law, through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now, mediators is is helpful to more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could have given us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying the law. But the scripture can declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promises, God promised, not God promises, God's promise of freedom only by believing in Christ Jesus. Only by what? Only by believing. But the way of faith, you're gonna get into faith again, but the way of faith in Christ was available to us 2,000 years ago, not to you today. We were placed under God by the law. These people are under the law. They were, made, they were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. So faith had to come so they can leave the law. By faith. He said, let me put it another way. The law was our guardian, our schoolmaster, until Christ came. It's protected us. The law protected them until they could be made right with God through faith. That word in the King James says by faith. They were made right with God by faith. Verse 25. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. We don't need a schoolmaster. We don't need a teacher no more. We don't know about to keep us. The Lord keeps us now. Then he says, we are all God's children. We are the children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. They are now children of God through faith. Think King James. Can you play that in the King James, that same verse? Because in the King James, that's why I u- use these Bibles to say a little, but you have to watch that word, how they change by faith. Wherefore, then, there it is. For you are the children of God by faith. You see the word by faith? Right. By faith in Christ Jesus, not through faith. All right. Because that's what I'm saying. Sometimes in new translation they'll change the word because they, they ain't got the revelation yet. So I need to help them write the book. Amen. All right, let's keep going. Now, I got, I got another 10 minutes here. Now I want to take you into uh, justified by faith. Say justified, justified by faith. Now you want to put those three up there again so you can be able to see the class. I want the class to be able to see all three. I showed you the law of faith. Then I showed you what justified by faith. Then I showed you what, uh, which is your faith. Then I showed you uh, justified through faith which is God's gift of righteousness. All right, you took those notes a few minutes ago back there. If you can flash that on the screen for the people. I would appreciate it. Uh, other than that, we got to go to work. Now, we're going to be dealing with number two now. We are justified by faith. Somebody said justified. justified. By, faith. by faith. All right, now we're going to be going to Galatians 5. And we're going to look at verse 1 through 7. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 through 7. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 through 7. Amen. If you can't find where you put it, just leave, follow me now. We're in the NALT, Galatians 5, 1 through 7. Let's just do that. We'll show that later. All right. So Christ, Galatians 5, 1 through 7. Are you there? We are in the good in the NLT, right? So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. He's talking to the church. And don't get tied up again in slavery to the law that was to Israel, because we never been on the law. He's now listen, I, Paul, telling you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, if you're counting on water baptism to make you right with God, if you count on foot washing to make you right, he could have said any of them because none of it could make you right with God. Then Christ will no longer be of no benefit to you. I say it again if you are trying to find faith with God by being circumcised, you must obey every revelation in the whole law of Moses. So that's what people are doing. They think they can take communion. They think they're all right. I'm all right for the next month, the first Sunday. (laughs) Praise God. And if you're Catholic, you're all right for a week. (laughs) Amen. I'm I'm talking business. All right, come on, keep it on the road. Keep it up there. If you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who through, here we go. Now, this is the verse I want to start. This is going to start me into my teaching. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait. This was Paul. He said, we, we eagerly wait to receive the faith. We wait to receive the faith, the righteousness God has promised to us. They was waiting to receive what God had promised That's why you probably always heard me tell you you're not under the promise. Everything God promised you, you already got in Christ. But there he said, when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What's important is faith. God's expressing himself in love. But what I wanted was, then he says, you were running the race so well so you got to understand something. They had to run to the end. See, the Jews had to run to the end. The end would be the end of the law or the end of that dispensation or the end of the age. So they had to run to the end. Remember, the clock was ticking down. So they had to run to the end. That's why Jesus said, He that endure to the end shall be saved. So they was in a race. Time was running out. You're not under time. You're in grace. There's no time under grace. So you can't say tomorrow. You are running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? That's what he told the church of Galatia. But let's read that in the good news. Verse 5, only, just verse 5. Galatians 5 and 5. So we got to understand something. Their salvation, talk about Paul, he had to wait until Christ came to get their reward of salvation. Peter, James, and John, they had to wait till the Lord come back to get their reward of salvation. Here it is at the good news. As for us, our hope, is that God will put us right with God. Wait a minute. Our hope is that God will put us right with him. Don't sound like you, does it? You hoping to get right with God? I'll be singing this song this morning. Just as you can walk on up here and get your salvation. Come on, let's keep the word on the screen. I got to go. As for us, our hope is that God will put us right with him. That don't sound like you, does it? God will put us right with him? See, you, if you know you're right with God, you, don't, you know that can't be talking about you, right? right. All right. And this, is what, and this is what we wait for. Paul said this is what we wait for. By the power of God's spirit, work and faith, working through our faith, we're waiting on him to come. Let me show you, let me show you, because this is what we're going to deal with for a while. Go to 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8, and the good news. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8, they were waiting for Christ's return. And here we are 2,000 years later, and the people of the church is still waiting for Christ's return. Why are you waiting for Christ's return? You're not saved by faith, you're saved through faith. You can get saved today. They had to wait for Christ to return because Christ was their salvation. Just like He your salvation, but He their salvation in the person of Christ. Your salvation is the word of faith. It's the word of Christ. The gospel of Christ. Do you all understand what I just said? Yeah. The gospel of Christ, Ephesians 1.13, is the gospel of your God. salvation. Okay. Your salvation is the gospel. They, they salvation was the person. That's why they're waiting for him to come back. So why are you waiting? What am I reading here? 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 8, right? But I'm only reading one verse, right? Okay, I'll read the whole thing you got it up there. We're in good news. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living... And the dead. He would watch what he would judge. He's gonna judge the living and the dead because he's coming to rule as king. I solemnly urge you to preach the message, to insist upon proclaiming it, whether the time is right or not. To convince, reproach, and encourage, and teach what all with all patience he's telling Timothy. Don't forget to teach the word. The time will come when people will not listen to sound doctrine, but will follow their own desires. And will collect for themselves more and more teachers who will tell them what they want, what they are itching to hear. Because they just want somebody to tell them what they want to hear. They will turn away from the listen to the truth and they give their attention to legends. But you must keep control of yourself, Timothy, in all circumstances. Endure suffering. Do the work of a preacher of the good news. Perform your whole duties as a servant of God. As for me, the hour has come for me to be sacrificed. The time is here for me to lead this life. I have done my best in the race. I have run the full distance. I have run the full distance. I have kept the faith. Here's the verse. And now these... I'm sorry, and now there is waiting for me. Now there is waiting for me the victory prize. Now there's waiting for me the victory prize of being put right with God. They was walking by faith. Now they was waiting for me the victory prize of being put right with God, who is the Lord, the righteous judge will give me will give me on that day when he returned. Not to me only, but all those that are waiting, all those who wait with love for him to appear. They were waiting for him to come back to get, for he could be their salvation. You don't have to wait. Salvation is free. See, so can't you see the difference? I'm showing you the whole thing. Look at one verse we've done. That's, that's uh, um, God, my God, I don't need to mess with this. Let's do one anyway. 1 Peter 5, 4. 1 Peter 5, 4. Everything they did, they was waiting for Christ to come. That is by faith. By faith. And when the chief shepherd appeals, that's Paul, that's Peter. See, all of those guys were waiting for Christ's return. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the glorious crown. You will, you will. You're going to receive a glorious crown which never, never lost its brightness. But what crown he's talking about? Talking about the crown of life. Talking about the crown of righteousness. When he appeared. 1 John 2, 28. Whenever he appeared. Come on, wife. Whenever he appeared. 1 John 220 I'm going to get into this a little deeper in the next service. See, they was waiting for him to come. 1 John two twenty eight. just one verse. King James, whatever you got, just give, me the, give it to me. And now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear, they was waiting for Christ to come. Why are you waiting for Christ to come? We may have confidence, may have, we're going to have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. they was waiting for Christ to come because they were saved by faith. Don't you miss the rest because you're not saved by faith. If you believe in Christ's return, you are in the crowd of by faith and you know what? the enemy has deceived you. The train has already come and gone. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Don't live don't. Live. Here to give you what it took me 30 30 years to minister to give. <laughs>